Did brain games really make me smarter? What is all this screen time doing to my brain? How do I protect my brain as I age? Find the answers to life's most and least pressing questions about your mind with the Two Guys on Your Head podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. This, this, this is K-U-T. you. KUT. KUT, Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my Hello, and welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer. I wonder if our listeners know that that introduction is not canned, but you do that live uh, every single program. I hope so. You I mean, hope that you that no, they know, I hope they, they do know that. Yeah, well, I I, just, I do. Not I love know. I love hearing you say that. It's the magic of and you had that memorized. You don't even have a script in front I of you. I don't. You did at the beginning five right. or so years ago. Yes, I don't anymore. And now you just know it by heart. You it's, could do, you could recite that, can't you? It's second nature. I, I can love that. I can. So our question today, our topic comes from a listener who has, I think, a very thoughtful and compelling topic. And she wrote in and said she would like to hear us discuss the following. She says, sometimes when I listen to the podcast, when she listens to Higher Ed, she says, I get a bit sad because I do not do all the things you talk about. And she goes on to say, I did not fit in at my college. I did not learn deeply. I focused on the wrong things. And it hurts to think that maybe my life could have been better if only... What would Ed say to me about my sorrow over my misspent (laughs) or lost opportunities? So I think she's, you know, regretting some choices and decisions made in college or maybe that she didn't embrace all the opportunities that were there when she was in college. What would Uh, you you say? Did you say her? I don't know. Did you say her name? Her name is Rebecca. Rebecca. Well, first of all, I got to say I love this topic. This is great. And so, Rebecca, thank you so much for writing in, and you should uh, feel happy and joyful about offering such a great topic because this discussion about regret to me is so essential to life. You know, our lives are constantly moving forward and things will end and new things will begin and then those things will end and so forth. And like one's formal education for most people will eventually end and then you don't have that anymore. Then you reflect back as you have evolved as a person and you have regret. I love that Rebecca has regret. I think that's fantastic. But she doesn't love it. Well, she's going to love it by the end of this episode. Okay. Because in fact, regret is something that means that she has grown from where she was to where she is now. So if nothing else, she needs to celebrate the fact that she looks at, in this case, her formal education in a different way. That's huge growth, and that's worthy of celebration in and of itself. The fact that she is acknowledging it is the next level of of celebration. And now, the great thing about regret, this is why I love regret and think it's it's a great thing, is when you feel that, now there's an action item. What are you going to do about it? 
And so in Rebecca's case, it sounds like she's doing some stuff about it. And I, I'm sure there's more that she can do as well. It's never too late to be learning. So if all of a sudden she wants to make meaning of some of the things that she did by rote when she was a student in formal education, find those areas that stimulate her intellectually and and learn about them, get a book on them, watch a Netflix documentary on them, you know, uh, take a take an informal class on it, and just just discover. Go go on and just Wikipedia it and learn something about it that you, that you didn't know before. By doing that, it's a way to dissipate that regret. But the regret itself should be celebrated because it means that you have grown. In my case, for example. Um, art history is my favorite example of this. When I was in college, Rebecca, I had no interest in art history. And to me, and I was watching my you know, friends who took these classes, they would be in a dark auditorium, they'd be shown slides, they had to memorize stuff, which I'm not good at memorizing. And I, I just it seemed like the most boring thing in the world is to look at pictures. So you didn't take it? Of course not. It was awful. Now you fast forward about 20 some odd years and I'm, you know, now, not now, but you know, then was in my forties and all of a sudden I started to regret the fact that I didn't study art and in particular art history. And that was a regret that I had and I did something about it. So I started auditing classes and learning about art history and and my world's opened. And I think I became a better mathematician. I think I'm a better leader because I now uh, better understand how to look at things and see things physically, but also metaphorically and what's there and what's missing and structure. And, and how can you look at a, a work of art and identify the person who created it just by looking at pattern and saying, well, this is something that this artist always does. And, and I think that was such a joy for me, but it came from a place of regret. And so regret is a great thing. Well, I also wonder, I'm thinking about Rebecca's description of, you know, kind of wishing that she had taken more opportunities or done things differently in college. I also wonder, because I have similar thoughts, but then I think, am I really remembering it as accurately as I think I am? Mm. Or in other words, you know, I probably did a better job with everything than I think I did, or I was doing as well as I could, given whatever the circumstances were. And so... And given you, given who you right, were, right? Given at who the time. I was at the time, right. where I was, whatever was going on, I probably was doing the best that I could. Yes. So, I'm not sure, you know, whatever feelings I may have about what was going on then. I think it's also useful to remember that, well, my memory of it may not be <laughs> fully accurate, or I may just, you know, it may not have been possible to have it be any other way. Listen, we make meaning of things. We make meaning of ideas. We make meaning of emotions in different ways at different times of our lives. That is the power of living, is that we change. I mean, that's, that, and that should be the power of education. But the power of life is that we are changing. And so, of course, we're going to be a different person tomorrow than we were yesterday. And the question is, what do we do about that? And when we have that regret, and whether you're rewriting history and saying, well, I should have done more, maybe I didn't learn as much, it doesn't even matter. If there's a longing in us today that is something that could lead us to become even better, more amplified version of ourselves, then we need to embrace that longing and take action. 
That's the key to regret. Sitting by and just going, oh, woe is me, that's ineffective. Effective, an effective reaction to regret is to say, what do I do next to try to make that regret slowly dissipate? And when we do that, then all of a sudden we're living richer lives. All right. So I... I have no regrets about any puzzler that we've done in the past. Oh my goodness, you are. I am ready to move forward with this puzzler and I have, I think I have a pretty plausible Okay, so let me me remind our listeners as to what the puzzler uh, was from last week. So you are to take like a red cross shape thing. You can imagine taking three squares on top of each other, just touching along, you know, those common sides, then putting two uh, squares, one on the right, one on the left. So you get this kind of a nice fattened up plus sign. And the goal, the um, challenge is to use two straight lines uh, to cut this uh, red cross into as many pieces as possible. And the question is, how how many pieces can you cut the Red Cross in? All right, so... And by the way, on your picture, since you colored it in, it's going to be a little harder. So it might be better to draw the perimeter. There's one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah, so just draw... Well, so here's here's where I went with it. Uh Uh-oh. Well, first of all, I I thought back to a strategy that has often been employed over time before, which Mm -hmm. is, what's the simplest... What's the simplest way to go? Okay. But the simplest way, I think, results in only two pieces. Well, you cut two, four, right? So if you go Just cut, down, cut the down the center, middle, right. the center the, and the, the, yeah, basic the waistline. Way, the yeah. simplest way. So it's probably more you'd, complicated you'd get four, than that. You get four L's in right, a way. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you get four pieces. Right. So can... there Nothing was said in the oh, description no. about folding or otherwise manipulating <sighs> the the cross can that be done well that's a brilliant idea so i have to say i give you full credit (laughs) for that in which case you can probably cut the thing in as many pieces as possible you just keep folding the paper well right i mean infinitely i well not infinitely but as many as possible right right and then you could now of course physical paper can only be folded seven times right and the folds make it kind of weird and it's no longer a a red cross but I love your creative thinking. I will give that full credit, even though I will not accept that as an answer. All right. So, but I had another creative thought listening to you describe it again. So Uh you describe this as lining up pieces, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So three pieces and two pieces. Right. Squares. Yes. Squares. Mm -hmm. Stack the squares. Mm -hmm. Cut the squares. It's not a red cross. That I will not, I will not even give that any kind of credit because if you're stacking them in different that's no longer now a red a cross. cross okay i'm just going I like with your first the... one let's, okay. let's focus on the first one which right. i think is creative and brilliant well and those wonderful. are my those are my answers well here i'm going to give you one right now so here's an uncolored in one draw two I lines see and see how many you can do here take my paper let's see just draw two lines and see what you can well do. i'm looking at it she's looking at this right i now. am she's looking holding, at this right now well pen. every line that i can think of only gives me doesn't give me more than the one you I know, see. line so down the, the middle. I see. So the waistlines aren't going to do it for you. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's how I look at this as a mathematician, yeah. which is that obviously we can get the four, as you've suggested. Right. But you can do that with a square, of course. You could just sure. cut them down right. the two sides and you get four, four squares. Right. So obviously the indentations have to be used. They and mean so, something. And so the, the new question that I would create uh, in the spirit of creating a, an easier question is, uh, can I draw a straight line and and cross the perimeter of the shape as often as possible? And that would involve using an indented part of it. Oh, okay. And so if you do that in two occasions and then still have them cross somewhere inside, 
Ah, so you're crossing. They're crossing multiple... inside, but they're also now trying to go weave in and out of the boundary uh-huh. as much as possible. Then you can get one, two, three, four, five, five six. six. So you can get six pieces, and that's the maximum I can do. Maybe uh-huh. our listeners well. can do more, but that's the maximum I can do. So the goal, the, the, the challenge is to draw these kind of lines, almost diagonal, if you will, that will kind of um, cross the the perimeter or the boundary of the of the cro- mm-hmm. of the um, Red Cross in as many places as possible. You can cross the boundary at one, two, three, four places, and if because of the indentation, and if you do that and have the two lines actually intersect inside, you get an extra little triangle inside there. It's as well. sort of literally thinking outside the box, and it's literally thinking outside, outside the, box the box using all the methods that we've talked about for six years. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thinking outside, but I but the I box. have to say that I love your folding idea. I think I love the fact that you are so open-minded that you will take a scenario, and I wonder if you do this with the news as you're trying to process news, and just look at it from these different perspectives that I bet you most people would never consider. Well, I love that. You know, I one thing I've learned from doing the puzzlers over the years is that there, there often is an obvious answer, like to cut down the middle and cut across the side. Sure. And that will get you something, but it just might not get you. And what I've noticed about myself with the puzzlers is I have a hard time going beyond that. Mm-hmm. So when I can think of something that seems kind of outlandish, I'll just give it a try because that doesn't tend to be my tendency. I love it. But, th- but if more people were brave enough to take those intellectual risks, the world would be a far more creative and beautiful place. Well, and you, you said brave, and that actually makes me think back to Rebecca's question. You know, she was talking about regret and feeling like she did not get the most out of her college experience. And you said, let that be fuel for now. I mean, I would just, you know, sort of to echo that a little bit, say, so is there anything going on right now where you might feel like you're not extracting all the learning or where you're not sort of mm. being as brave oh. as you could be. Oh, I like that. So rather than adding something, as you're suggesting, which is wonderful, you know, any kind of lifelong learning, also think about where you are and what you're doing. And if you're sort of going as far as you would like to, or maybe think outside the box a little bit. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's one of the, the uh, elements of effective thinking that, that we Who wrote that about. book? <laughs> yeah, Mike Starbird and someone else. <laughs> uh, and that is uh, understand deeply. So wherever you are in anything, your understanding about anything or your creativity, challenge yourself to go even deeper. But I, I love the way that you've spun this, and I had never thought about this before. I'm going to steal this, by the way, from you, Jennifer, which is in in the now, imagine the regret you're going to have in the future and see if you can take action today. I think that's a wonderful idea and it will ch- make Rebecca even more happy. Re- re- regret prevention. I love it. <laughs> Intellectual regret prevention. Intellectual regret prevention. Dr. Bravo. Dr. Ed Berger, we never regret conversations with you. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News.
Did brain games really make me smarter? What is all this screen time doing to my brain? How do I protect my brain as I age? Find the answers to life's most and least pressing questions about your mind with the Two Guys on Your Head podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts.